to all the dads, biological or not, who are loving, are an example of integrity, who patiently taught us how to drive in a parking lot, purposely lost board games, was our place of comfort through thick and thin, could transform into our own superhero, taught us compassion, and all the ways we didn't even see while we were fast asleep. We thank you. And for all of those that didn't grow up with a dad like that, I hope you were able to find a fatherly role model to change that narrative in your life. Guys, we are grateful for the ways that you've impacted our lives. We need you. The world needs you. And we are thankful for all you do. Happy Father's Day. We are in the second week of our series, Pray Like David, where we are taking a look at three prayers that are an essential part of our relationship with God. Help, thanks, and wow. As we look at thanks today, King David shares with us Psalm 100, which says this, Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. You know, in order for us to have gratitude for God and an opportunity to rejoice, we need to recognize a few things. The first is knowing. Verse 3 says, Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Do you recognize that God has made us? Do you believe that God has made us as his people and that he is our creator? If we can't see that, then we really have no reason to thank him. Gratitude starts with a heart that is thankful and that he is a God who chose to create us, that we get to be his people, the sheep in his pasture. Fathers, whether you realize it or not, you shepherd those around you. A father's words and actions, whether positive or negative, impact us. In the old neighborhood that we used to live in, there was this sweet little girl that lived next door to us, and her dad was not a part of her life. And we played with her quite a bit. But guess who she was drawn to the most? Eric. <laughs> She would always want to play with him, and I even noticed a few times when she called him dad. Now, Eric wasn't her biological father. He, she wasn't his child, but he was influential to her. Her heart desired someone in her life to shepherd her in that way. And I'm, I'm guessing for most of us, sheep are not a part of our everyday lives. But in biblical times, sheep were people's main source of income. Back then, the youngest of the family would be in charge of tending the sheep, and it was not considered the most dignified job. 
So the youngest in the family was always given that task. And for David, that was him. Well before he was a king, he was a shepherd. And he understood how to lead a flock. Sheep need a shepherd. Otherwise, there's no direction. Just like us, if we don't know who our shepherd is, we are left to our own devices. When we know that God has made us and that we are his, we are able to see him as the shepherd in our life, that we belong to him. And when we know and acknowledge that, that can give us a better grasp of gratitude. Secondly is how do we enter in to his gates with thanksgiving? And how do we praise him? I don't know about you, but there's been many times in my life where I felt like I needed to wait my turn to get into somewhere. But fortunately, God's presence, it's not like a deli counter. We don't need to take a ticket. We don't have to have any hesitation, and we don't have to have it all together before we even go to him. He wants us to go to him freely. But for many of us, it's our own thoughts that hold us back from thanksgiving and praise. We just don't feel worthy enough. King David had to deal with his sin to God and others, just like us. Like Greg said last week, asking for help is hard sometimes because it's embarrassing. We get stuck in our sin and we are unwilling to move out of it. We do become like sheep. We are blind to certain things and actions in our lives, and we don't deserve his grace, but we need to confess and acknowledge we need his help. You know, we're not alone in this. After Jesus died, he provided us a helper. In John 14, 26, it says this, but the helper, which is the Holy Spirit, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I've said. We've all felt that. It's this quiet tapping on our hearts when we question if this is the best decision in our life. When we enter into a life with God, he provides a way out for us. And when we come to him, he allows the Holy Spirit to identify the areas in our life that need restoration. David was called a man after God's own heart, not because he was perfect, but because he realized his humanness and his wrongdoings, and he still went to God. That is why we see such gratitude in David's writings, because he realized he does not deserve God's presence in his life. Do we have that kind of receptive heart? a heart that is ready to accept and thank him for his grace. Because when we do, that gratitude can start to flow. That is how we get to enter into his gates with thanksgiving and praise. We realize our own weakness and we start to enter into a life filled with thanksgiving. You know, it can be overwhelming to look back because if I truly take an honest inventory of my life, I get to enter into his gates. I get to praise God. I don't even deserve to even step foot into it. But 
that is the opportunity Jesus provided for us. He was that sacrificial lamb, and there's that lamb reference again. He is a good, good father. Because of him, the gates of heaven and his presence are open, and there is no separation. The privilege and the access that we get to our father is for all of us. All of us get to experience experience that with him. We get to have a relationship with God. And it's knowing that love and mercy so we can enter into a place of thanksgiving. A great theologian, Charles Spurgeon, said, So as long as we are receivers of mercy, we must be givers of thanks. Once we've received his mercy, how do we be givers of thanks in our life? I don't know how about everybody feels about their memory. I know mine is kind of slipping, but we can be a very forgetful people when it comes to remembering the way God is so good to us, how he's provided for us, and how he continually shows up in our life. How many times have we been asked about our week from a friend and we go completely blank of the way God has provided in our life? I've heard that some insurance companies, there for your home insurance, suggest that you go around um, and you videotape all the rooms in your home and you save it virtually. You walk through and you're able to see this visual record of everything you own. Now, God forbid something tragic like that would happen and we are left with nothing. But I have to think in that moment of crisis, I would imagine I would be in shock, confusion, and I would simply forget a good majority of the things I use on an everyday basis. The same is for us. We need a record of gratitude a reminder of all the ways God has showed up and he has continually provided for us. We easily forget, especially when crisis happens in our life, because it takes our focus off of who is our shepherd. He wants us um, to just dwell in him, not to stay in a place of shock, confusion, and simply forget our gratitude. It's when we start to lose direction and we miss God's work in our life that we just don't remember. To combat this during quarantine, I have been keeping a really simple journal. It's just a couple bullet points of everything that has happened each day. Because I don't want to forget 